It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, 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 thanks for joining us. Real quick promise, please find us and follow us at Mistreat Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube, and if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. Positive vibes only, right? But first... Champagne. So, how much did you, Prince Harry, know about Meghan? Had you seen her on TV? No, I'd, I'd never, <laughs> never even heard about her until this friend said, Meghan Markle. I was like, right, okay, give me, give me a bit of background. <laughs> what's, like, what's going on here? So, no, I'd never, I'd, I'd never watched Suits. I'd, I'd never heard of Meghan before, mm-hmm. and. I was beautifully surprised when I, when I walked into that room and saw her and there she was sitting there. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to really have to up, up my game. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and, have a, and make sure I've got a good chat. Hi, Larissa. Hi. I guess we have some news to cover, don't we? We do, and I almost chickened out on doing this episode. I'm not going to lie. I almost chick-inned. I almost Archie chick in doing this episode. No, I'm joking. Yes. Okay. Let's go. Let's go on with this. Yes, we we will. And I feel like we have a couple of points to make. We're not going to talk about the claims of racism within the royal family. I think that topic is very polarizing. Some would say that we have a duty to talk about that. Some would say that we it's inappropriate for us to talk about that. I'm only in a place right now where I feel comfortable expressing my feelings based upon my experience of being in an interracial relationship, a divorced woman going into relationships, a woman in the military and working for the government. I'm a parent and child of somebody who had mental health and suicidal issues, as well as being married into a family that actually, and I don't even know if you knew this, emigrated from the British Isles. Like my in-laws didn't get their citizenship until my second child. So I feel like I have a varied amount of experiences mm-hmm. that I feel comfortable with, but I, I'm not comfortable speaking on the racism because I want to be respectful to those that would say that you, I should to combat it or those that say that I don't have a right. Yes. Understood. Understood. And you know what? I, I am, I don't really want to touch on it. All I can say about that is that, by the way, we are talking about the Megan and Harry interview on CBS with Oprah Winfrey. All I can say is if they experienced racism in the royal family, then it was right for them to leave. And they should have left and got out and not looked back and, you know, just leave that family alone if that's the case. That's my take on it. That's it. Where you said, doesn't the queen get to do what the queen wants to do? He had made several attempts to see his grandmother. Yes, and I think uh, that was such an important story. Uh, to be shared last night uh, in the process of trying to um, edit this three hours and 20 minutes down to an hour and 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'd said to my team, the most important question to be answered here at the end of this 
show will be why did they leave and i think the stories about being blindsided uh blindsiding the queen were very very damaging to them and also hurtful because they understood very clearly that there had been months and months of preparation before they actually moved to canada and 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 truthfully there was a statement by the queen her majesty the queen on january 18th in which she said uh, following many months of conversations and more recent discussions, I am pleased that together we have found constructive and supportive way forward for my grandson and his family. So the Queen on January 18th actually said that there had been months of conversation, but in spite of that, there were still all of those stories about blindsiding the queen, blindsiding that's the queen. That's why the details so are I'm important. I'm very happy that... That is why the details are that's important. That's why the details the, the are tab important. The tabloids mm -hmm. print stuff that they know is false and have been told isn't true. But Oprah, it's, it's also... Right. The, the question remains why the queen cannot dictate who she sees and when she sees them. And it seems to come back to something that Megan pointed out early, that there's the family and then there's the institution. And you were constantly trying to probe the difference between the two. What did you take away from that? I took away from that that there are, as Harry just indicated, there are people surrounding the family who are advisors to the family who have been there for a long time and that's a part of the hierarchical structure and those people have a lot of influence and also input you get it i mean you mentioned last night oprah that you watch the crown i do too you get a sense of that in the crown that that actually there, there is almost kind of like a deep state within the monarchy that actually runs the monarchy followed the royal family since harry and wills were in school i actually had a crush on prince william and i mm. fantasized that i had a chance with him even though i was a couple years older then i switched to prince edward even though he was much older than me then he got married to, to sophie rice jones I, like so i basically was left out in the dust because harry oh, was just too young for me yeah but, so i feel like i have lots of years of, of research i have done on this and i'm not saying that everyone in the in the royal family is perfect i was telling mm -hmm. you princess michael of kent i'm not a big fan prince uh, andrew not a big fan so i'm not here to no. be a royal apologist i just thought yeah. we would talk about some points okay Let's do this. I like it. Where do you want to start? But let me let me start off by saying uh, the makeup was different. Yes, I was really surprised. Her eye makeup would look. Yeah, she went very heavy. Oprah and Megan both went very heavy, almost like almost like when Diana did her interview. Yeah, she went very heavy on the eyeliner. I've never seen Megan look like that with that much makeup on. It was very weird yeah. to me because normally she's like very nude bare fresh face look she looked great she did i love her very calls. different um oprah in this whole thing was a little bit much for me i'm just gonna throw that out there just a tiny bit much yeah. for me but okay go ahead i one thing i have to say again i'm speaking from experience and i say this with humor and i say this with mm -hmm. self-deprecating uh, watching it was a little triggering to me because i felt like it was when i used to go have to go to therapy with my son throughout his teenage years weekly about him trying to explain away certain decisions that he made or, or what was going on. And then I was like defending like what I did now talk about my son. I will say, well, this happened. Yeah. And people will be like, Oh, that's terrible for his mom. And I'll be like, no, I just wish I had known this in hindsight, or I did this differently. 
that, that wasn't there. I, and I think, I wonder if it's because they're going through their journey still where they are not far enough away from everything to say, well, maybe we could have done this a little differently or done that. Or I wish, I, you know, cause there's always two sides and then there's like the truth in the middle, or mm-hmm. there's something that we take ownership of these experiences by also owning our role in the things. And it's very freeing at times. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to take a while for them. Yeah. And I, I just see it with humor because sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm listening to my like son right now. Like I, it's bringing me back to therapy again. <laughs> you know, what's weird. It's like, you can tell they love each other a lot. You definitely can. It was really weird though. He kept on playing with his ring nonstop. I'm like, stop touching your fucking ring. Stop it. That gives him comfort. That's what they say. The body language people. Same with okay, so- the way that she held his hand or You'll yeah, see but other times comfort. where she rubs his back. She's very motherly with him. I wonder if he calls her mummy at home. I think her comfort was the baby bump for sure. Yes. His was the ring. Hers was the baby bump. But on the lines of, are we getting into the mental illness uh, issues right now? Yeah. The, what I was going to say is we build up our icons here in the news only to tear them down eventually. So yeah. they are human. Just like everyone is human. There is no perfect even some of the most people that I admire politics wise, like we're all human. So I just hope that that doesn't impact their mental health when that pendulum swings or is not so extreme mm-hmm. right now. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I was a real fan, you know, I was a real fan because yes, I covered the wedding for mm-hmm. the Anglophile channel and at the wedding, there was nothing but peace and love. Everyone was happy for them. Everyone was so happy. They brought their own preacher in. I mean, that crowd was so in love with them. Their, her mom was gorgeous and like just graceful, had so much grace. It was honestly one of the most beautiful events I've ever attended. And to see where we're at now, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. I, I think, I honestly think when she was going through the, um, the suicidal thoughts I was just like, okay, so maybe they didn't want her to go to a hospital, but there's so many ways to just do a FaceTime with a therapist. I remember, I know, I know that they wouldn't let her contact anyone, but Harry could have insisted. I'm sure there's a a psychiatrist on call that they could have let her talk to. Well, the thing is, is they're very much, okay, I get it. Like my in-laws were not big about therapy. Okay. Like they didn't Mm -hmm. understand that concept. Again, it could be cultural or whatnot, but isn't some of what their foundation was about mental health? Didn't Harry come out and say he went to therapy? Yeah. Prince William has also spoken about it publicly. You know, never thought I'd get to this point or situation where it would get too much for me. I always thought I was on top of these things and I could manage it all. And like I said, we had a very good culture, uh, particularly in the air ambulance, where obviously working with some seriously uh, amazing medical uh, doctors, that talking was 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 really um, important but even that wasn't quite enough uh, for one particular instance for me um, I worked several times on uh, very traumatic uh, jobs involving children and after I had my own children um, I think the the relation between the job and the personal life was what really took me over the edge and it, I started feeling things that I've never felt before and I got very sad and very down uh, about uh, uh, sort of this particular family and I think you you start to take away bits of the job and you take them home and you keep them in your your body and of course you don't want to share them with your loved ones because you just don't want to bring that sort of stuff home 
So the only place you can talk about it is at work. And if you, if you don't have necessarily the right tools or the right environment at work, then you can see why things snowball and get quite bad. Um, I was lucky enough that I, I, I sort of identified that something was going on. I spoke to a lot of people about it. And uh, that, that, that talking and that kind of dealing with it. They didn't want to have like a repeat of Diana. In, they were very scared in the royal family there was going to be a repeat of Diana. Yes. Yes, I did inflict upon myself my arms and my legs. I didn't like myself. I was ashamed because I couldn't cope with the pressures. I had bulimia for a number of years. And that's like a secret disease you inflicted upon yourself because your self-esteem was to low ebb and you don't think you're worthy or valuable. Well, maybe I was the first person ever to be in this family who ever had a depression or was ever openly tearful. And obviously that was daunting because if you've never seen it before, how do you support it? It gave everybody a wonderful new label. It's Diana's unstable and Diana's um, mentally imbalanced. You have to know that when you have bulimia, you're very ashamed of yourself and you hate yourself. So, um, and people think you're wasting food. So it doesn't, you don't discuss it with people. You have so much pain inside yourself that you try and hurt yourself on the outside because you want help, but it's the wrong help you're asking for. The ultimate solution lies within the individual. Yet all of us can help prevent the seeds of this disease developing. Because she had some mental health struggles, hoping that they would come out in the press and do PR spiel. Was she still having conversations with her? Were they depriving her of seeing her GP, what they call over there, their, her GP, so that she could, because that's who I had postpartum, mm-hmm. that when we, when it was identified was yeah. through my GP or through my OBGYN, I'm sorry. You only get to tell the stories that you feel comfortable telling and it's not for my place. Look, I was really ashamed to say it at the time and ashamed to have to admit it to Harry, especially. Um, because I know how much loss he suffered. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I didn't say it, that I would do it. And I, I just didn't, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. Meghan Markle didn't hold back when it came to her sit-down interview with Oprah Winfrey. Yes, the Duchess of Sussex bravely revealed that she had contemplated suicide back in January 2019. However, when she told the institution that she wanted to seek help, they expressed that it would look bad for the royal family. I went to the institution and I said that I needed to go somewhere to get help. So that I've never felt this way before and I need to go somewhere. And I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. The former Suits actress then explained that the following day, she and Prince Harry attended the Cirque du Soleil show at the Royal Albert Hall. Despite the fact that the Duke thought that Meghan shouldn't go, she said that she couldn't be left alone. And that picture, if you zoom in, what I see is how tightly his knuckles are gripped around mine. You can see the whites of our knuckles because we are smiling and doing our job but we're both just trying to hold on. And every time that those lights went down in that royal box, I was just weeping. I'm just very surprised because they've always been so scared of another Diana. That's why Queen bent some rules that Kate wasn't even allowed to cross when she first came in the royal family. They were very careful how much responsibility they gave to Kate. 
I'm just very surprised at that. I don't know what type of support. Maybe she wanted them to be more vocal in support of her. They were afraid that by that point, there were so much leaks out there. I don't know. And it's not for me to even even suggest anything otherwise. But I'm just very surprised because it goes through that. I mean, their foundation stuff, everything they spoke about between the four of them. Like, I don't or why didn't Harry like try to get more help? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I was suicidal after I had Jake. I had severe postpartum depression. Uh, when my OBGYN heard about that on the phone, he's like, you need to call this therapist immediately. I didn't want to go anywhere. So I actually didn't even go into the office to see the therapist. We did phone conversations and then they prescribed me something. So how damaging to the royal family would it be? It wouldn't be damaging at all for her to get on the phone with someone or a FaceTime, a Zoom call, and maybe get a little Paxil in her, just something to get rid of those thoughts. I mean, I don't know why that was not available to them. And like we said, we don't know the whole story. I don't know if maybe she had to be hospitalized and and they won't let that happen. Like, I'm just confused as to... They were so quiet and so worried about t- secrecy with them. They didn't. We didn't even know where they went on their honeymoon when she gave labor, like where I think it was causing paranoia in the palace because of all of that secrecy. I don't, I don't know. I don't, there's more to that story and it's not for me to question. I'm not doubting her, the legitimacy of her feelings. Yeah, I'm more exactly. like, all right, a timeout. Like why didn't Harry's been in that machine for a long time? Like he, th- he did have some say to override them too. Like, I don't understand. The other thing is, is, is that, I, you know, I assume that with a mobile phone, you can, if you can call your friends in Canada and the U.S., why wasn't she able to call a therapist? I know that in the, in the old days, you know, you had to go through a switchboard and you had to ring through, but I just don't know You know, know Kate and Wills actually just did a call this week about a 12-year-old that was suicidal. They actually do the talk space, not talk space, where they have the psychiatrist. They do, they actually have volunteered as people to talk to, and you don't even know you were talking to them because they've done a lot of charity work. Oh, one of the points I wanted to make was the comparison of Kate and Meg. Fergie says the glare of the royal spotlight can have its virtues, but it can also have its dark side, especially in the age of social media. The Duchess of York now calling out vicious online attacks and drawing parallels to her own experience. Sarah Ferguson opening up in a candid letter in Hello Magazine, taking aim at what she calls the sewer of social media. In what many royal watchers see as a not-so-veiled reference to a media-driven divide between Duchess Meghan and Duchess Kate. Fergie writing, women in particular are constantly pitted against and compared with each other in a way that reminds me of how people tried to portray Diana and me all the time as rivals, which is something neither of us ever really felt. She absolutely is referring um, to the treatment of Meghan and Kate. Certainly there are parallels uh, between the relationship that uh, Kate and Meghan have and Diana and Fergie had. The pointed essay by the Duchess of York, an endorsement of the Hello to Kindness campaign, an effort to quell toxic online bullying, something Fergie says can take a lasting toll. This isn't about freedom of speech. The truth is, it's not acceptable to post abuse or threats on social media or news sites, she writes. Kate, when she got into the royal family, she had a lot less history. She was a lot younger, a lot younger. She wasn't married. 
I mean, I've seen topless photos of Megan that somehow got out mm. there. Kate had a lot less history. She didn't, she wasn't 39 with relationships, social media, blogs at that time. She didn't write a blog. So there's a difference of age and time and generations. Like I could never, ever run for office. I could never be a spouse to somebody that ran for office. Nor could I. I just putting it out there. Don't even try. Exactly. So I'm like, I already know, like, I can't, I can't, I cannot. I mean, I barely get through background check. Well, I can't even say that. That's not true. I mean, I get through background checks for working in the military, okay, or in the government. Uh So Kate was torn apart over her working class background. They actually, if anything, there was an elitism or classism that was involved with her. They picked apart her. Absolutely. They thought they would accuse them of trying to profit. They had to be so freaking careful that their business did not profit off their connections to the royal family. That was a big deal about her mom's party planning business. Her embarrassing uncle, she was accused of, of, um, did they, did she take a gap year so that she could be in the same year as Wills? She had Mm -hmm. to watch Wills be flirty because they were, you know, college sweethearts. So they were off and on and he was with other girls. I mean, there's some embarrassing video of him Mm -hmm. out there, like dancing with other women. Mm -hmm. There was pictures of her topless that the French press took that the British, you know, tried to try to fight. Remember that. And she was not even welcome to the family. No matter even how many years they were together, she was not allowed to go to Christmas till they were married and all mm-hmm. these other things that I think the press unfairly probably compared the two of them. I, I, I saw it, but it took a long yeah. time for Kate to even be accepted or for them to have affection for her. Like it took a long time. Mm-hmm. It really did. It took a long time. I just think that it's unfair of the press to compare the two of them. It, and I think people actually accepted Megan way more quicker. But then when really you put did. them on a pedestal that quickly, you're going to fall that much more quickly. If, if you come on too yeah. strong, or I think what happened with Kate, they really took time to break her into uh, events. And she really kind of stepped back from Will because Charles always felt overshadowed by Diana. So I think she intentionally kind of hung back more. And I think as a result, she's been let a little bit less of a target. And so I think when you have more of that stronger personality, and I do think Megan is stronger than Harry. I think she's more, a lot of marriages are like that. The woman takes the lead. She's the event coordinator, the cruise, you know, the cruise director. And she has more ideas or, and she's older than Harry, you know, and she has more life experience and was out there more. She kind of came in on the, on the scene a little bit more would would cut over him on interviews or, you know, walked in front of him where Kate walks behind yeah. Will, like just things like that, little yes. subtle things like that. Kate's been more scared to t- take a foot forward in the press. And I think she just has kind of melted into like not being a target. I think you're right. I also think that, you know, you mentioned something about the training of Kate, you know, she had all these years. I never wish to speak to you again. Go away. You can say I'm feeling terribly shy today. Now, I know Megan did not live over there, was not brought up into the royal monarchy traditions and everything like that. But when she said she had no training meeting the queen, I kind of call, uh, you know, I call a hocus pocus on that because I remember her being in Pasadena at the Rose Tree Cottage, uh, which is this lovely little restaurant run by a British couple. 
and they were teaching her protocol on how to when before she was going to meet the queen before she i think it was either right after they got engaged or right before they got engaged but she was going through protocol lessons and i mean if you're going to meet the queen for god's sakes get on the old mr google and go to youtube i google my fucking root canal when i I wanted to see what would happen to my root canal i googled what to call a monsignor when my son had his first communion i don't i don't buy that you wouldn't i'd be so pissed at harry i blame him more to be honest with you yeah i do too i think he's gotten a gotten a pat to be honest with you watching some of the shit that he says it just like again it's triggering to me because it reminds me of my son the way he is and i feel like he's gotten a little bit more of the past because he was the younger brother of the future king of england the mom died when he was younger And I feel like in some ways he was indulged more and I would blame. And I have in the past with my ex-husband, he would literally, we would walk into an event and he would just like leave me and not like introduce me properly and things like that. Like that's on him. He should have prepared her more. I mean, he's been living in the monarchy his whole life. Like you can't give her a heads up. He knew some of these staff people for decades. I don't think, I honestly don't think they would have set her up that way. Someone would, I mean, she got some training. Prince Charles, he was excited to talk to her about the history and stuff. He took an invested in, because Will spent so much time with Kate's family. He hasn't had that opportunity to spend time with. I think he saw this as kind of like the daughter he didn't have. He respected her. A new documentary by the BBC gives an unprecedented look at the man who will be king. Prince Harry revealing for the very first time what happened between father and son when Meghan's father bowed out of the wedding. I asked him to, and I think he knew it was coming. And he immediately said, yes, of course, I'll do whatever Meghan needs. Uh, I'm here I'm here to support you. Just because he's my father, that doesn't mean that I can just sort of go, okay, that, that's all I'll take it from here. I was very grateful for him to be able to do that. Camilla also giving a glimpse into a side of Charles we rarely see, a devoted grandfather absolutely adored by his grandchildren. He will get down on his knees and crawl about with them for hours, you know, making funny noises and and laughing. He reads Harry Potter. He can do all the different voices, and I think children really appreciate that. A man described by his sons as committed to his work and beloved by his family. I would like him to have more time with the children. So having more time with them at home would be lovely and be able to, you know, play around uh, with the grandchildren. Charles speaking for the first time, answering criticism on how he will one day reign. Some people have accused you of meddling. Really? You don't say. I won't be able to do the same things I've done, you know, as heir. I'm not that stupid. I do realize that it is a separate exercise being sovereign. There was word when they got married that he actually really had an affection for her and to almost to the point where there was more affection for her than he had for Kate. Yeah. Bond there. And I think he would have liked Megan too, because Camille is divorced. Camilla has more of like that personality that gets along with men and women. And, and she has like, kind of like not a lower humor, but I think Meg can carry herself in a way of to get along with just anybody. You know what I mean? Like she can kind of adapt to where she's at. And I think that would put Charles at ease more so than, than Kate, who's actually very shy. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. I think everyone was really drawn to Megan and I remember in a part in the interview where they were saying, Harry was saying, she's such an, such an asset to the crown. I mean, she was an asset. She could bring in all these people and, you know, everyone loved her. And, and that kind of made me realize that, yes, and if it resulted in more monetary benefits, 
that would not benefit you guys. Like no, Megan's magnetism doesn't do them any good unless they're on their own. Yeah, I agree. I think they realize that because they, they copyrighted and trademarked stuff very quickly after the wedding. And I've never heard another couple, I've never heard another Royal couple trademarking their names. So I don't think any of them even trademarked it, have they? No, I think what it is with them too. I mean, changing a tea towel over there or changing where the postcards are is a big deal in the in yeah. the castle gift shops. I think that William and Harry were almost treated like equals up until they got to pick their careers. Like Harry got to war- go to war. Will they were not going to let Will go to war. And I think because Charles was one of four kids, you didn't see that. And so when it came up, I think Megan was like, "Well, we're equal to Will." Again, it's an American concept. Like what mm-hmm. what makes Will so much better than you, Harry. That's mm. an American concept, you know? And so I think that kind of also, she also came in on the scene and was like, well, we can patent this stuff. This is our brand. This is our brand. And the Royals don't approach things like as their brand. They're an institution. And you're part of the greater whole. Yes. And you like working, I work for the government. I, I when I was in the military, I couldn't speak on politics where She's never worked for the government. She was, I think she might've did like an embassy stint because of her uncle, but there wasn't that concept. I'm doing these do good things, or I want to have opinions or things like that. And so I think us as Americans understanding what an institution is of the Royals is a concept that's foreign to us. But by the way, when I worked at E, when I left D, I basically like retired from from there. I had another job and they were going to give me a severance package. While I was at E, I had to sign an NDA. And they said, if you want your severance package, you're going to have to sign an NDA for the future. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, okay, you don't get your severance package. I kind of look at it the same way. There are certain companies where you're just not allowed. There are certain companies where you're just not allowed to talk about that company, whether you're with them or when you leave. And the, the I mean, it, it's like the monarchy is a company. They're like, it's almost like the military or, or any other highly guarded company. I'm sure Google has it. I'm sure there's a lot of companies had it that they just don't want people talking about what goes on behind closed doors. And that's the monarchy. So I don't think it's, ter- I don't think it's terribly far-fetched that they would not want her to talk about what goes <laughs> well, on. Yeah. And they don't comment on a lot of low base. Even when Kate, when Wills, there was rumors of Wills cheating on Kate, they did not comment on it. Part of the institution is the mystique is to rise above in the heritage and and we're not going to lower ourselves. And, and American politics and American celebrity, we're all about oversharing or we're going to find out the truth. And I mean, they had LA PR company that they hired as soon as the wedding hit. And I think, I think the British press were thrown off by that. I think they were thrown off by the private jets. Wills and yeah. Kate, they fly on commercial airlines with their kids. Which is a nightmare in itself, by the way. <laughs> The RAF just got rid of Queen's fleet of planes. I mean, they made fun of Randy Andy and Air Mile Andy had to mooch off of a sex offender to get on a plane. Exactly. That's what was going on. And so you have him mooching off of millionaires. Then you have Meg doing it with John. I mean, they all tried to do it at one point or another. It's like, oh, my God, whose jet can I get on next? I think that was kind of putting them off. It's like, okay, you're patenting products now which is a foreign concept to them here. It's normal. Yeah. You are taking private jets for people that we think that you're not friends with. They didn't like it when Andy did it. They thought Sophia Rice Jones took forever 
for her scandal to pass years because she mm-hmm. tried to sell her PR contacts and she was caught on tape doing that. I think there was a sensitivity to them like, hey, wait a minute, you're telling us about the environment. But then Harry's like, well, I need to protect my family and put them on a private jet. And they're like, wait, Wills is not even going on a private jet. And you're telling mm-hmm. us to watch the environment. And if I was her, yeah, hell yeah, I would want to take advantage of my newfound like contacts and opportunities. And hey, there's no shame in my game. I'd want to fly in a private jet. Yeah. But that's just not what is expected no. of the monarchy. Your your job is to serve the people. It's a service job. You're not supposed to flaunt your wealth. That's just always the way it's yeah, the the queen is so cheap. Even with her linens is cheap. So, you know, I mean, and that's the other thing you meant, and you mentioned something interesting about William, supposedly this, this mistress and everything. No one has come out to defend him from the palace, by the way. No one has come out and said that's not, and they won't. And I think the queen released a statement today about, do you have the statement in front of you or what she released today? How the, the recollections may vary, but they're sad. Yeah. Or- I think, and you know, they never came out bashing the queen. I honestly think the queen likes Meghan. I think the queen loves Harry. That's her grandson. I just, you know, there there had to be something going on that we didn't see. I honestly think it's more the tabloids and maybe some some haters. I don't even think it was Charles or Camilla, to be honest. I, I don't know. I, I'm confused. As to who. Everything I read, Charles actually had affection for Meghan. He enjoyed that relationship. I do think there might have been Megan definitely Googled. There was other people, other friends. I mean, it came up in an interview right before they got married, talking about how they get Googled. And she's like, is he kind or whatever? Mm-hmm. She worked in Canada. She did plenty of PR in UK. She had a basis of the royal family. And you know what? I would probably back away to how much I knew about somebody's that I was going to date if I looked up their LinkedIn and their Facebook and all that. Maybe her way of saying, hey, I, okay, I did know everything, but I didn't, this is not what I expected. Did she have a party when William and Kate got married and they watched the wedding? She made blog posts and there's pictures of her holding the, one of the tabloids of Kate's wedding. Kate and Harry actually had like, had a relationship. They had like friendly relationship because, and I do feel bad for Harry. Harry's always been like the third wheel with them. You think it's incredible how strong and how you've been able to to cope really and I put that down to your really earlier childhood experience mm. but also the relationship that you've got you're amazingly close yeah. and yes you know <laughs> no but it, it's it, you know and some families sadly aren't as lucky as, as no, you guys have been and yeah. being able to share but, things but we have been brought closer because of the circumstances as well that's the thing yeah. you know you are you know uniquely and bonded because of what we've been through. Yeah. But, you know, even Harry and I, over the years, have not talked enough about, uh, you know, our mother. You know, we've... No, never we've, enough. We've Has doing this campaign but... sort of made you realise that? To yeah, I, I, th- I, I think so. I always thought to myself, you know, what's the point in bringing up the past? What's the point in bringing up something that's only going to make you sad? It ain't going to change it. It ain't going to bring her back. And when you start thinking like that, it can be really damaging. And you always said to me, you said, you know, you've got to sit down and think about those memories. But for me, it was like, don't want to think about it. Yeah, but it's. I think what must was happen with us and must happen with others as well is that you have to prioritize. You know, prioritize your mental health. Yeah. You have to say to yourself um, at some point because it's very easy to run away from it. You know, to walk away from it and avoid it the whole time. And, you know, someone has to take the lead and has to be brave enough to to force that conversation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When they were like hot and heavy and having the babies, it was like Uncle Harry and you know he he was the third wheel. 
Harry was the third wheel, but he really got along with Kate and William. I mean, they were like the dynamic, you know, trio for a while there. And it, they, it's to me, they were even stronger when Meg joined them. You know, Megan. I think if anything, if I was Kate, I would have been happy for Megan to join because Kate doesn't want to do a ton of appearances either. She was also pregnant with her youngest and she has a lot of illness when she's pregnant. So, Mm -hmm. but I do think they were a little bit more guarded. She is shyer. There's also Mm -hmm. a concept of being a little standoffish when you first meet certain people in in the UK coming on too strong. I also think that there was a distrust because Megan is a little bit more polished And had a little bit more contacts than I think Kate did or some of Mm -hmm. the other people that have married in the family, except for Sophia Rice Jones actually was in PR. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think there was a little bit of distrust of her because like Jessica Mulroney and stuff, there was stories that were leaked in blogs in Canada that were friends with Jessica. I mean, there's pictures of Megan, Jessica, and some of the the gossip columnists sitting at tables. Mm -hmm. And those were from her Hollywood days. You wanted to get into the press. You wanted to get in the, you wanted that, those stories out there. And so I think maybe there was like a little bit of a distrust, like the story of like some, she was taking some photos at the house of the kids without permission and things like that. So do you know why Megan and Harry invited like celebrities they didn't know to the wedding? Was that like a palace thing? Did they make them invite George Clooney and Oprah or them? No, that was their guest list. That's my thing. Oh, I was going to say about the wedding. Good for them if they got married in the backyard. apparently that wasn't even a real wedding I'm not even going to doubt their honesty some people are really pissed about that because they had fought to have the same budget as Will and Kate with inflation Mm -hmm. I that stuff doesn't bother me but at least own it that you had a spectacle for the people that because you did invite all those you did invite all those celebs and there was a lot of hurt feelings that Harry's friends were not invited to the party that evening the personal family party but the celebrities were. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is the British press are jumping all over this. And that's why I said, even doing the interview, some of the points I totally like are just like, she is an only child. Seven years difference or more. You are an only child. Like I would be so cringy. I would cringe who would come out for me. Same with like meeting the age I am and, and marrying another Royal family, but at least own some of it. Like, Hey, guess what? We did want to have a big pomp and circumstance, but we also did something private too, because we wanted yeah. to remember our relationship. Uh-huh. That part, I was like, hmm, really? Like, you're just basically explaining away every negative press thing you got without even trying to own at least some of it. True. No, and it's not our decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. I, even though I have a lot of clarity on what comes with the titles, good and bad, and from my experience, a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I, again, wouldn't wish pain on my child, but that is their birthright to then make a choice about. Okay, so it feels to me like things started to change when you and Harry decided that you were not going to take the picture that had been a part of the tradition for years. And We weren't asked to take a picture. That's also part of the spin that was really damaging. I thought, can you just tell them the truth? Can you say to the world, you're not giving him a title and we want to keep him safe and that if he's not a prince, then it's not part of the tradition? Just tell people and then they'll understand. Mm-hmm. But, but they wouldn't do that. But you were, you both obviously were aware that that had been a part of the tradition. And there was a, was there a specific reason why you didn't want to be a part of that tradition? I think many people interpreted that as you were 
both saying we're going to do things our way mm -hmm. or we're going to do things in a different way. That's not it at all. I mean, I think what was really hard. So picture now that you know what was going on behind the scenes, right? There was a lot of fear surrounding it. I was very scared of having to offer up our baby, knowing that they weren't going to be kept safe. Mm. You certainly must have had some conversations with Harry about it and have your own suspicions as to why they didn't want to make Archie a prince. What are, what are those thoughts? Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of his race? So the last point I wanted to make before people totally hate us, I think that like this whole streamy thing, again, Harry, I feel like kind of buried, <laughs> kind of negated stuff she said, because he's like, oh, we didn't even think about it. Somebody told us, no, we heard you at Lion King trying to get your wife a job with like the head of like Disney yeah. Studios. Like, yeah, like he, he, I feel like kind of made, he was not as polished. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> he's like, oopsies. <laughs> Oopsies, yes. I forgot yes. about that thing on the internet, yes. you know, that and, lasts forever. And to be, and like I said, some of this stuff, I really actually blame him more for some of this situation than I, than I actually do, you know, Megan or whatever, but the title situation. Okay. Yes. Go, let's go over this prince and princess thing. She kept talking about the security, the titles, and then the race thing was all wrapped up in one conversation, which I think are all, three separate conversations. Yes, they are. And the grandfather of Queen Elizabeth made these articles saying that only if you're descended, and I'm going to totally, completely, I'm trying to streamline conversation and really put it in layman's terms, but it, mm -hmm. some of it might sound incorrect verbiage, but the, the gist of it is, if you're directly descended from the monarch, you can have, uh, you can have the title of Her Royal Highness or His Royal Highness, because think about it, Queen Victoria had a ton of kids, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you, and then like Prince Charles, because of money, because they're trying to really cut down on money and all that. They're trying to streamline the monarchy because think about it. Prince Charles had three siblings. There's so many extra kids, all that. Yeah. 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 In 2012, be before Will and Kate had kids, Elizabeth had modified it so that if they had a girl first, she could inherit the throne, which is great. Mm -hmm. We see it in the rest of Europe and all that. So, so let me get this right. So, okay. So if uh, my mom is the queen, okay. So I am Charles. My mother is the queen, Elizabeth. Yeah. So my, all my brothers and sisters and I will be princes and princesses. Yes. And then our kids will be prince and princess if we have kids. Well, okay. If you're the direct, if you're the direct line of the throne. Okay. Archie is entitled to that when Charles takes the throne because he's not in the direct line, but his grandparent okay. will be the King of England. So that's okay. when he'll be entitled to it. The only other ones in the family that actually have that because Anne turned it down and things like that is... But Anne's kid, she turned it down for her kids, but they could have been yeah. Prince and Princess, right? But she, The only ones that have it is Beatrice and Eugenie. Daughter, Princess Beatrice. Granny and her sister played here. Um, growing up and you know we've been lucky enough to play here and and cousins and and second cousins and it's a big mm. family family treat it's the most glamorous wendy house ever but um it's really beautiful and what you're seeing at ours now is after a of a year renovation now okay. this whole thing about the security detail thing but Eugenie's, Eugenie's new son will not get a prince title, right? No, and they turned it down because sometimes the queen can also gift these upon marriage. But Edward, for instance, 
he doesn't even have a dukedom. His nephews actually outrank him. Oh, wow. It, when you look at the titles, he's not a duke. Mm-hmm. To also further explain about this whole detail thing, the only ones that are actually royal princess by birth or whatever was Eugenie and Beatrice, but their security detail was paid for actually out by Prince Andrew because none of the grandkids actually have security detail paid for by the crown or the sovereign grant is what they call it. It doesn't matter anything. You do not get security automatically. No, unless you're in the direct line of the throne. And I think what's so confusing about it is Harry and William have always been looked at as like a package deal and like almost twins and they're not. It, it's become more apparent as they've gotten older and time has gone on. And I do think like, for instance, Andrew, if he has any of his military ranks, if he's art, because he's had to let go of his royal duties because of the scandals and all that, I do think he should have his royal titles taken away. I know that he's had major temper tantrums because the queen has not allowed him to have some of his business organizations at the palace anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's caused a huge row. I think he's a brat. I think he's been spoiled. Mm-hmm. If anything, if they were, if, Megan was alluding to there being lies being said at the palace. I'm I'm sure they were, she was talking about them protecting him, Mm -hmm. but the Royal family is not in a place to do a, their family, Royal family. They are not in a place to do a criminal investigation. They can do an internal investigation, but not a criminal. And I hope that they cooperate with that. Meghan and Harry, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, also making headlines today. The Queen confirms that they will spend part of their time, at least in this transition period, in Canada. Has the Canadian government been involved in negotiating that and helping uh, make that happen? Uh, We haven't uh, up until this point, not in any real way, but uh, there will be many discussions to come on on how that works uh, that will that will go about between officials at different levels. So because they are royals, your government would play some role, right, in them coming if they come here? Uh, indeed, indeed. Yeah. But there's, there's still a lot of decisions to be taken by the royal family, by the Sussexes themselves, as to uh, what level of engagement they choose to have and uh, these are things that we are are obviously supportive of their reflections but uh, have uh, have responsibilities in that as well are we going to pay the security costs for them if they come here that is part of the reflection that needs to be needs to be had and and there are discussions going on so we're not sure yet about where all that will end we're not entirely sure what the final decisions will be where the dispositions are and those are those are decisions for them uh, i think uh, most canadians are very supportive of of having uh, having you know, royals be here, but uh, how that looks and what kind of costs is involved, there's still lots of discussions to have. Yeah, but you would welcome them in Canada uh, should they choose to come. I think uh, I think there's a there is a general feeling of appreciation for the Sussexes. All right. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you so much. The security cost only like I think five percent of that came from the sovereign grant, and the majority of it came from the Duchy of 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 Cornwall, which was Prince Charles actually foot the bill on Meghan's clothing and things like that. Christmas holiday before Mexit. Yeah. The security detail wasn't happy being stationed over there and they had so many extra personnel. It was like insane. And then, and the U S was like, we're not paying for the security costs because you do have some sort of diplomatic status or whatnot. Yeah. Even if they step back, they're still like, they still have like a diplomatic status. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then on top of it, in the U.S., their security detail, if they are issued Scotland Yard people or whatnot, they can't even carry guns here. Like there's, 
there's a whole bunch of level of rules and they're the ones, if they said that they quit, their statement specifically said, we're going to start being financially independent of ourselves. I do think, and I had heard originally, Charles was still footing part of their expenses. And I don't know if they had a falling out or whatnot. Yeah, since they and haven't been talking that much, I think he's not. Yeah, he he cut them off, but he might have even cut them off once they landed that. Uh, you know, they're taking over a hundred million from Netflix. Charles is like, well, okay, hey, you can afford this now. There's three of you. There's going to be four of you. There's lots of wealthy families around the world that hire private bodyguards and a small security team, and you just pay for it. That's what exactly. it is. Exactly, and they get and anything that Charles pays for, it's just like what we look at our government officials here with spending. Cause again, on one hand, they're a family. On the other hand, they're, they're a government institution. They look at their spending. They're like, Megan spent this amount. Kate spent this amount. This is how many engagements they did basically audit them. Yeah. Charles has to be careful with some of those expenses, especially when he's the one preaching one of the people preaching, we need to streamline and cut down on cost. And, and people were upset with how much the frog more restoration costs, even though they were already planning on restoring Frogmore was already part of what the queen was going to do. Because again, they have a sovereign grant and they have restoration funds and all that. So I'm just trying to balance out that there is certain points that there are explanations. There's also things I see their, their point too. And I, and I support it. And then in the middle, there's somewhere in the middle, but I just think it's funny. It was just reminding me when I listened to Harry of like, even like my son recently told me some news his dad was like, Carrie, do not respond how you want to respond because no matter what you say right now, it's going to be used against you in the future, in a future fight. So, and that's, that's a crazy thing is it's, it's like, it's like other family conflicts, you know, if, have you ever heard of someone's, you know, 28, 29 year old kids still living at home and the parent, he gets a great job and the parents like, thank God he's not on our teat anymore. You can spend your money for that. I mean, I really think that once they got those really multi-million dollar offers from Spotify and Netflix, I think Charles is like, hey, you can do this on your own. You don't need to be, you know, sponging off of me anymore. But it's normal if you're doing the life of service in the UK and you're making certain appearances, they have to take care of you because you're basically doing that for free. What I wanted to say, though, is they can even help their charities more now since yeah. they're making their own money. They can actually financially help their charities. They were saying, you know, we can do stuff for the organizations that we're working with. And I'm like, yeah, you can even do, you can do more than you ever could being a Royal. Oh, I totally agree. And I'm excited to see what they do too. I'm not so much excited about the podcast because I don't really feel like I need to have like that good feel good stuff in my ears, but yeah, I am <laughs> excited to see what their Netflix shows are going to be and all that. And yeah, I was a little, uh, one of the stories that was really interesting to me was the little mermaid story. I don't know if you mm-hmm. caught that. My dear sweet child, that's what I do. It's what I live for. To help unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor soul. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, no, please, Megan, don't do that. Don't compare yourself to Ariel, <laughs> please. I lost my voice and then I got it back. Oh my God. But um, Well, you got it back because you're not on the government payroll anymore. Yeah, exactly. You can speak your mind, which is great. I just, one of the things I think is... It's just, uh, I don't know, part of me was, I mean, part of me is thinking that, you know, they had to do this interview to kind of 
keep their profile a little bit higher. Since they are doing their own thing now, they need to be relevant. And I think one of the ways to be relevant is to get in front of the cameras. And I think their future depends on them being out there. Do I agree with it? If you want privacy and you want to step away and you... No, not necessarily. I think there's other moves you could make. You could move to upstate Washington and move to a farm if you really wanted to get away from the spotlight. Um, you know, do speaking engagements. There's a lot of yeah. ex-royals who do. They have that. They have the same company as I want to think of who it is. You can do, you know, like a children's clothing line or, you know, health and nutrition line away from the spotlight. You really can. And I just find it very interesting that they chose Montecito as a residence when that is the heart of all the major power players in Hollywood. And so I think, you know, Megan, Megan grew up in Hollywood. Her dad was a lighting engineer. She grew up as an actress, you know, there's a part of her that really wanted to make it in Hollywood too. Of course you're on a, you're on a, a network TV show. So I think that was a natural move for her, but I don't think it says we just wanted to be left. Yeah. I don't think it says that at all. I think they want to do it on their terms. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to control the press or what's released about them. They want to be able to turn it on and off. And even the people that are big names don't get to always do that either. We still get to see yeah. pictures of their cellulite and stuff. And that's just, mm-hmm. just Americans. We're all about free speech. We love mm-hmm. a good survivor story. We love adversity, but we also love to find faults in our yeah. icons too. Yeah. I mean, you can't please everyone. And when you're at the top, you realize that you're like, I can't, I can't be all things to all people. And I mean, I I think people for the most part still adore them. Americans. I don't know about the Brits. Oh, this whole thing. She just became our new Diana or our new Kate. So good for her. I just hope I, my heart goes out that I really hope that her sister, her half sister and her dad just kind of like be quiet now but I don't think oh, that's going to happen. they're not. They're not. But you, can, you really can't, but you can't expect that. Like she came out and did this interview. Why would you expect your dad and your sister to be quiet yep. now? It's almost like if you wanted things to go away, you don't do an interview. You let them go away. You ignore the dad and the sister. If you're really that yep. pissed, you just ignore them. It'll go away. Trust me. When, when this whole thing about William's affairs or, you know, his mistress, it's gone away because someone will step in the poop sooner or later. And it's going to yeah. be Andrew with Ghislaine Maxwell on trial. That's who it's going to be. I think what they said is they hope that out of this interview that we can see that we can move on, We can move or we have a reason to go on living. We're supposed to take inspiration from it. So at this point, I would like to leave off on really giving a shout out to in the bigger picture to our mental health professionals to those that are working on the front lines with covid yes and things like that because i really think that at the end of the day they're who they're who matters right now our frontline worker this has been a long long year in a pandemic and i i had it i almost watched my mom die from it and i think those are the people where you really need to applaud right now megan and harry will be fine they're going to move on they're going to do their thing but it's it's the people who helped us through this pandemic ciao darling still too early to go to tiffany's i guess the next best thing is a drink I will never
never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.